college graduates, listen up. If you believe when you were walking into a negotiation that they are going to hand you money because you bought a degree in marketing or communications, you were delusional. That is not how it works. <laughs> that is not how it works at all. The company is trying to secure your labor for as little as possible. And when you are walking into negotiation, you are trying to secure a contract working for that company for as much money as possible. Understand your incentives are completely misaligned in this moment. There are no rules. No rules. You're listening to Degree Free on the Degree Free Network, where we talk about how to teach yourself, get work, and make money. No degree needed. Here are your hosts, Ryan and Hannah Maruyama. Aloha, folks, and welcome back. Once again, we are in the temporary studio, so we're going to sound a little bit different. We're going to look a little bit different, but the content is still fire. Oh, whoa. Do people say that? <sighs> I'll allow it, I guess. I don't really want to continue to podcast on the this. But I'll allow it for this episode. <laughs> Is that a thing that people say? I, I don't think the youths are saying that anymore. What's that? Oh, no. <laughs> we just watched the last episode of The Office. <laughs> As you can oh tell. Oh, God. I, got, <laughs> I just did that. I'm that's embarrassed. So funny. I'm embarrassed for you. Uh, that's, that's so uh, funny. Okay. Anyway, I am really excited. Dude, people are using our word. Oh, everywhere. 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 Forbes, CNBC, DOD reports. Degree free. And I will say it was intentional and we hope that more people use the terminology. It's just crazy to see something that you and I came up with. Used to describe a movement and an economic job market trend. Yes, exactly. I mean, we invented those words put together in that way. Yeah. We invented degree free. It was from our brains. And now we have media outlets using it, parroting it. And that's amazing. And that's exactly what we intended. It's just interesting to see it when it happens. So the first thing that I want to talk about is this CNBC article that uses the degree-free words. It's like Walmart sends a new degree-free message about getting a corporate job. That's something about the the title. And so not only are they using degree free, but they're talking in the right context, which is Walmart is lowering their degree requirements for a lot of their corporate jobs. This is a trend that is going to continue to happen into the future. I guarantee it. And we called it many years ago, but on this podcast, just two years ago, this is 120 something episodes so far of the degree free. Getting up there. Yeah. And so... This is just awesome, awesome, awesome to see. I did want to quote the article a little bit here. And this is actually an article quote from a blog post quote. So I am quoting an article that is quoting a blog post. Well, this is quote inception. Blogception. <laughs> We're writing job descriptions for our campus headquarters jobs to factor in the skills people possess alongside any degrees they hold. Walmart said in a corporate blog post in late September, co-authored by Lorraine Stomsky, Senior Vice President, Associate Learning and Leadership, and Julie Gerke, 
vice president philanthropy to be considered for the job you can have a related college degree or possess the skills needed for the job whether through previous experience or other forms of learning what i find interesting about the lowering of the degree requirements and explicitly allowing degree free people in the door is that they have been employing degree-free people and so many other companies have been employing degree-free people for years prior. It's just that they want access, explicit access to a much larger talent pool. And so they are going on and they're saying with their PR team, like, okay, we're going to drop these degree requirements so that more degree-free people know. know and they actually apply. But all of those degree-free people that have been listening to us for two years, you guys already know. You guys that are listening to this, you already applied. Yeah. And they probably hired you because they didn't care anyway. Yeah. This is something I see really commonly too, that a lot of people think, they say, well, degrees are required for that job. I'm like, just because the job listing says a degree is required does not mean that that's who they hire for the job. Like, I know that's mind blowing for a lot of college graduates. I don't know if they think it's legally that they can't or they don't. That's not accurate. They hire whoever they hire and they're not going to report to you they're not going to say, here's the breakdown of our company hires. And this many of them were degree free, even though we said we required bachelor's degrees on our job listings. They're not going to tell you. They're not going to tell you, but they are hiring people that are degree free. How do we know that? Because they're in the companies. They're in the companies. They've been there. And the majority of the employed U.S. workforce is degree free. Yeah, it is something that I can speak to because that mentality and that mindset is the mentality and mindset that I had when I was in college. I looked at the job descriptions for all of these things and there was only one line that said required. And I've said this a lot in this podcast, but I'll say it again, which is it said college degree required. And that was the only thing that was required out of the whole thing. Everything else was experience suggested or recommended or would be nice, you know, nice to haves. And then it lists all of the things that would be nice to have. And then under the requirements, there's like one thing and that's the college degree. And it doesn't even say what type of degree, a lot of jobs. I mean, some jobs say finance degree preferred, marketing degree preferred, but they don't care. They don't care. They want to know usually the things that they actually care about are really in the nice to have section. That's really what they care about. And this gets into, you know, how to change jobs and then how to pick different skills for you to get a different job or even to get started off. If you're in high school listening to this right now, or you're a parent of a high schooler listening to this right now, this gets into like how to identify high leverage skills to learn to do that. And so one of the things is looking through those job descriptions and seeing all of the things that come up all the time, the different tools and the different skills you go through, you pick out all the tools that they're using, pick out all the skills that they're saying, okay, this is the skill that you need to have. These are the tools that you're going to be working with. And you do that for like 10 job descriptions. And then you see which ones match. And then you go and you learn the one that comes up the most. Usually there's a whole system behind it. And we'll put links in the show notes for everybody, degreefree.co forward slash podcast to the episodes where we talk about how to find a job backwards. Cause that's 
the process of which I'm describing. And you can do that at any age. Parents can help their kids do that. If you parent or you job seeker, if you're in your 50s, if you're in your 40s, doesn't matter what age you are. If you are trying to get out of the job that you are in now or you are trying to get your first job, that is one of the most, if not the most effective way to go ahead and get those jobs and acquire those skills, which is find a job backwards. Yeah, I'm all for that. And that answers the question to a lot of the times when we speak on our TikTok, one of the questions that I get is what about 30 year old single moms or 30 year old stay at home moms that are trying to get back into the workforce? The answer is find a job backwards. And like Ryan said, the links will be in the show notes, but that's how you do it. Go look up the job listings, see what skills are mentioned most often, then assess which one is going to be the most high impact for you to learn and then start applying once you've learned that skill. That's it. It's that simple. It really is. And I wanted to say one more thing about the whole degree-free verbiage and movement, or I'm using movement in quotes here, but it was very intentional the way that we named this, right? Because we looked and we saw all of the other words that were out there being used for people that do not have college degrees and for the verbiage of people that have opted to live their life in a different way than what these other people they're labeling you as. And so I would challenge you listening to this to also use degree free in your daily life. Instead of saying like, I'm a college dropout, like say I'm degree free because that is more accurate. College dropout is so negative. They own it. Right. Because you're saying, oh, I dropped out of this thing and the implied meaning of it is like, I was supposed to finish. Most people finish, but because most people finish and I didn't, that's a negative thing. And so it's like, no, don't. Instead of, I assess this is the wrong course of action for me and I shouldn't have been here spending money. Exactly. I assess that this purchase and this effort wasn't worth it. And so I made a different decision and I'm proud of it. And the reason why I say like college dropout, a lot of people, when they start speaking about college, even if they are successful, when they say like, oh yeah, I didn't go to college or I didn't finish, I have some college, I'm a college dropout. Even if they're successful, they retreat into themselves. There are the outliers and there are people in the comments of this video they'd be like no not me bro i'm a college dropout i love it i love it okay sure that's awesome that's amazing a lot of people when they start talking about their college experience and going to college a lot of people start to shrink into themselves when they start thinking about no i you know i didn't get that degree i didn't do it be like instead hold your head up high and just be like yeah i'm degree free and what yeah i'm degree free and i'm successful and what or i'm degree free and i'm not successful and what who cares Colleges are the absolute best marketing machine we have ever seen. It's unbelievable. The point where Ryan's going to do some breakdowns of those as we're getting into it. It's pretty fun. You guys, you're going to want to see it. But colleges are such good marketers. And the fact that they own you, even if you don't buy from them, like what is that? That's so crazy. How in the world have we allowed them to say that if you do not buy a product from them, they still own you? You're a college dropout? No, 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 no. I decided not to continue purchasing your product because it did not serve my purpose. That is absolutely ridiculous to let them own your identity when you did not buy from them. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And not only that, but then we talked about it the other day. I was on a podcast with Mike Wheeler, who's a Salesforce guy. And we were talking about the fact that they call 18 to 24 year olds college age. Everyone knows that that's college age. Like schools use it, churches use it, people use it. Most 
Americans do not buy college degrees. How in the world did colleges get to the point where they own an entire age bracket de facto? That box is checked. That's unbelievably pervasive marketing. Unbelievable. Yeah, they're amazing marketers. And it's one of the reasons, and this was in a few episodes ago, a few weeks ago, we were talking about it. We have to try to capture that word back, right? And so workshopping a few things. New adult is on the front runner. I think young adults also pretty good. I'm open to suggestions. If any of you that are watching this, listening to this, go to YouTube, comment. What should be the replacement for college-aged adults adults or college-aged kids? When people say it, it's usually college-aged kids. They're not kids, but that's usually the three words that are put side by side. Oh, yeah. But I think that's part of it, too, though. That's part of the thing that I don't really like is why are you calling someone who's 18 to 24 years old, who in an ideal world for most Americans is a working tax paying adult? You're not a child. You can vote. You're not a child. You're paying taxes. That's ridiculous. I hate that. I can't stand it. And it's one of those things where it just goes to show, too, how colleges try to infantilize a certain age demographics because they want them to just follow the path, follow the path, follow the path. And they don't want them actually to think for themselves. And they don't want them to question because they just want them to buy, stay on the path and don't rock the boat. That's what they want. And right, now- I'm going to ask a question. Infantilize? Does yes. that mean like... Infantilize? It make them childlike. Got it. Make them seem younger than they are. I was making sure you knew what that meant. Yes, I do. I, do. <laughs> I was just making sure that you Because knew. why would you? I definitely knew what that When meant. I was 18, if someone called me a kid, I would go, what are you talking about? When I was 18, I was working full time. What do you mean a kid? I'm working. I'm yeah, paying my bills. That, the, I can't stand what that. What you're getting at, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I completely hear what you're saying, but that's all like it is. Yeah, this all, is my personal feelings. Right. I, it just bothers me. I don't like it. I don't like it. And the other thing is I'm working with a lot of these new adults and they're 17, 18, right on the cusp there. And they're not kids. They are new adults. They are trying to figure out what direction to take. They're trying to figure out how to work, how to pay bills, how to set up their life. And I don't like this. Let's push them more into making them children. The amazing thing about that is talking about kids is they made one of the most grown up decisions of their entire life. If they go all the way through college if they end up going to college, right? I mean, we're talking about how they've captured an entire section of age, but if they did end up going to college and they continued to purchase, they're making $30,000 purchases a year, every single year. And they're going to get out of college with massive amount of debt. And that's a pretty adult thing. I did want to say thank you for teasing that. And you're making me commit to it because I was thinking about it. We were talking about it the other night Oops. about <laughs> the different college marketing tactics and what they do. And we were talking about it. I was like, oh, I think I might do it. I don't know. But now that you said it, I think, all right, just screw it. I'll commit. And so, yes, next week, I'm going to start my first segment on it. I don't know what it's going to be about, but I'm going to start my first segment on it next week. So make sure that you are subscribed, YouTube, podcast, wherever it is that you get. That your podcasts are sold. Exactly. Moving on. So I want to talk about something that is one of the biggest logical mismatches that I see on TikTok and that in the comments, right? Because I see the same comments over and over and over again. They're just phrased slightly differently, but it's always the same comment. Sometimes I wish I had a dollar for super repetitive comments because then we wouldn't have to work or do anything. We could just... (laughs) (laughs) We could just have dollars from people making the same comment over and over and over and over and over again. Anyway, this comment is, well, 
the jobs without degrees don't pay well. Now, what's funny about this is that a lot of times when they're citing, I'll say, what types of jobs are you talking about? And the jobs that they list will pay the exact same amount as lots of jobs that college graduates have. Also, a lot of times they're literally the same jobs. But that aside, the pay is exactly the same. So like 51K, 51K. So there's two points. One, a lot of college graduates suffer from the delusion that there is a segment of jobs that are gated off and reserved for them. That's not true. Degree-free people can apply for those jobs. Degree-free people do apply for those jobs. And degree-free people do get those jobs. And you have no idea how many of them are employed in those jobs. You don't know. You don't know. You just believe the college and you just believe this line on a job listing that's been recycled for 15 years and that has not been updated by HR that says that a college degree is required. There are people who just apply for those jobs and get them. And they're not gated off from them. Like they're not legally gated off. They're not ethically gated off. And people do apply for and get them. That aside, a lot of people will say, oh, well, you know, those jobs just don't pay well, but they're the exact same jobs that are available to college graduates. The only difference between someone who's degree free who gets that job and someone who is a college graduate that gets that job is the fact that the college graduate spent a lot of money to end up in the exact same job, the exact same job. And so the only difference is the purchase. And so to me, a lot of it is just that they believe that they have to make the purchase to get that $51,000 a year job. That's not true. That's just not true. And I'm not talking about teaching. I'm not talking about jobs where it's licensure that's legally required by whatever state, even though just for everyone's information, 17 states now have paid apprenticeship programs for teachers. But that would be an example that I'm sure someone will come back with. And so that was my point that I just wanted to make is that a lot of times the jobs without degrees that they're talking about are the exact same jobs that college graduates can get. And oftentimes the only difference between people holding those jobs is that the college graduates have debt. That's it. That's the only difference. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. And instead of commenting on what you are saying right now, once again, we don't really like plan these things. We don't really know what each person is going to bring to the party. I think that you were peeking on my notes a little bit because that's kind of sort of where I'm going, which is why I'm just going to go there. Mine is kind of two points in one. And so the first thing that I wanted to talk about, and I'm going to get back to what you're saying about the jobs that are available to degree-free people are the exact same jobs that are available to people with a college degree. But before we get there, Minnesota, the governor, eliminated degree requirements in 75% of state jobs. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. This is not a drill. But also, what does that tell you? They didn't need them the whole time. Exactly. They didn't need them the entire time. Anybody that bought a degree to get a job in the state government in Minnesota should be pissed. It's an interesting thing that's happening and it's happening right now. If you're listening to this podcast, you're still early. Like We're still early yeah. in this wave of degree-free society, really. And it's people not having that same reference to college degrees. Yeah. It's a skill, ability, and merit-based society. We're going back to the future. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what people are going to care about. And that's what people care about right now. It was interesting in the article that I read in the minnesotadaily.com. I'll link the article from minnesotadaily.com at degreefree.co forward slash podcast. What was interesting about it was that they got a bunch of people that 
had differing opinions on whether or not it was a good or a bad thing, which I thought was interesting. And so I'm going to quote a little bit of the article right now. And this is from David Schultz, a political science professor at the University of Minnesota and Hamline University. Hamline? Hamline. Should I guess as to whether he's for or against? Sure. Against. Well, come on. (laughs) Said the executive order left him with many questions about what caused Waltz to create and sign this order. He said he questions whether certain research or data went into creating the order and if long-term implications were considered. Quote, how is this going to have a broader impact on pay and pay scales? Question mark. Schultz asked. The arguments say that, well, since you don't have a college degree, we don't have to pay you as much. I don't know. End quote. My money is on Professor Schultz has no idea what the median income is for a graduate of his political science program. He has no clue what the market looks like. Not a clue. If you walked into his classroom and asked him, how much are they going to make? What are their job prospects? He has no idea. Sure, that might be something to it. I'm not sure. What I found interesting about this take was that this is such a papered mindset. Like this is somebody who is institutionalized in (laughs) literally in this institution. Degree free podcaster says the professor is institutionalized. Literally in this institution. You're in an institution. You walk in one every day. That's institutionalized. (laughs) Or you walk in one whenever you actually teach your class. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no. And so... But really, you know, this is the take of somebody who walked is, into a college campus 40 years ago and never walked off. Sure. Yeah. But who is also feeding into the system, right? And his livelihood depends on it. Depends on other people believing the BS that's coming out of his mouth, mm. right? Because really, in my mind, if you're doing the same job and it's the same job requirements, why are you going to pay? anybody any differently. It doesn't matter. Can you do the job? Sure. Here's $47,000 a year. Can you do the job? Sure. Here's $47,000 a year. And it's not like, okay, maybe you negotiate differently, right? Which is a completely different. If you would negotiate differently, and we've talked about this before, I think that's where a lot of the disparity comes from is, and, and a lot of it has to do with the debt right? Because these college graduates have to service debt more, Yeah. right? They're sitting on this $400, $500 a month payment between their federal loans and their private loans. They're sitting on this and they're just like, from a cash flow perspective, I have to make more money and therefore I have to bargain harder. Otherwise I can't buy food. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's the reason why I think they get paid more. Because they train them in college to negotiate. They don't know how to negotiate. They just have to. They must. Yes. Yeah. The job listing is for 47 grand and for 47 grand, regardless of who applies to it, and let's just say there's no negotiation is a take or leave proposition. It doesn't matter whether you have a degree or not have a degree from the business perspective, yeah. right? Like who cares? Who cares? Can you do the job? Okay, perfect. Right. But this is somebody who needs to have the take that this degree that I'm a part in selling and that if this degree continues to go down, which it has been over the recent years in a small part because of the degree free podcast yeah, and what we're doing. Right. But if it continues going down, 
in this trajectory, will I have a job still? Will this institution still be around? Look, I don't know how old this guy is. And so maybe he's on the way out, maybe not, you know what I mean? But if he's new in his career, maybe that's a concern. Yeah. And if I were him, I would be concerned about my livelihood as well. Because when <laughs> when you're using AI to make all your PowerPoint slides to teach your remote class, I'd be worried about that too. But anyway, I think that there's two things there. So one, there's no data on that. You don't know. So I see that a lot. College graduates on TikTok will just say, oh, well, degree-free people get paid a lot less. I'm like, you don't know that. You have no idea. They think that if you walk into a job, if you walk into... And, and I'm not talking about something where there are legal pay bans. I'm not talking about something that where, where there's federal or state like pay bans. That's a totally different thing. I am talking about they believe like if, if a software developer walks into Google and one of them has a degree and one of them is degree free, they believe that they will just boop, put them down. They won't. They won't. It depends on their portfolio. It depends on how they interview. It depends on how they negotiate. I don't know where they get this idea from because I don't I don't think colleges like directly teach it to them, but they must imply it. And I did see someone someone tagged me in a stitch a while ago of a high school teacher trying to scare straight basically all of these high schoolers by telling them that if they don't buy a college degree, they're not going to get paid as much and they're not going to spend as much time with their families, which is hilarious for so many reasons, but they, she was just telling them, you're not going to be able to get paid the same amount. I'm like, that's just patently false. That's just patently false. Hey there. I hope that you're loving this episode of the Degree Free Podcast. We spend a ton of time every week creating this content for you. So my only ask is you take a quick second to leave a review or thumbs up on whatever platform you're on. It's one of the best and easiest ways that you can support this podcast. And this simple action can help bring more people into the Degree Free community. At Degree Free, we want to help as many people as we can thrive and succeed without needing a college degree. Your review will be a step in that direction. If you could do this small favor right now, pause this and leave a review. It would truly mean the world to us. Thank you. And back to the show. You definitely have to negotiate every time that you are getting a new job. Yeah. Right? Every time that you're getting a new job, every time that you're up for a promotion, negotiate. You've got nothing to lose. It's one or two. It's a set of conversations that only happens once every six years, once every two years, once a year even still is not that high a high ratio of days to conversation. Mm -mm. You know what I mean? Like you have to negotiate. I remember, and this was a while back, so I'm, I might misquote this, but this is just from memory. This was like back when I was in college and when I first left college. And there was some research that I was reading at the time, and this might be completely wrong, but that was saying that your first rate really matters. And that is for a bunch of reasons. One of the reasons is because internally it ascribes a net worth or a worth to you, right? Like, oh, so, you limit based on that. Yes, hmm. exactly. So externally, like that's the obvious reasons, which is like, well, if you're taking this job for $10 an hour, why am I going to pay you to do this other job for 20? Or why am I going to make the jump from 10 to 30? And so sure, there's that external, but I think a lot of it, has to do with like you start off at a $10 an hour job and then you, you start looking at these $30 an hour roles and you're just like, well, I don't really deserve that because I'm a $10 an hour worker. And so a lot of it is you start making decisions and you self -limiting. start self-limiting and then self-eliminating from those types of opportunities. Yeah. And so with negotiation, it's just so important to do it because you're only going to have those conversations 
for most people, I forget the stat, I think it was like seven, seven different jobs they have over their entire life or something like that. It's like less than 10 jobs that you have in your entire life. And if, if that's the case, then I mean, you should be having that conversation 10 times. You should be negotiating 10 times. And I'm saying that for the degree free people that don't have that debt burden on their back. And so they're just like, you're looking at like 47 grand, it's pretty good, pretty good. I, I don't have that $500 a month debt payment to service. So it's a knee's not as aggressive. Whatever 47,000 is. And this is what I say whenever I'm helping people negotiate is even if you were gonna go in there and let's say that you were gonna, take 40 grand and they start out at 47 and you're just like, okay, all right, let's do it. No, no, no. Ask higher. There's more money. Even if it is higher, you're still going to ask for more money. And what I normally say is just have a percentage amount that you're going to ask for above that. So let's just say it's 20% and they offer you 45 grand, right? So 20% of 45 is nine, right? And so you just say, well, I want 54,000. Why? Because I feel like it. The math in public, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I want fifty-four grand a year, and they're like forty-five, bro. And you're just like, okay, great. That's five grand more than I was gonna ask for before. Exactly. I was gonna take forty grand anyway. But if they say yes, or if they come up even, hey, and that's one conversation down. And now you just have to have nine more of those over your entire career if that's your first conversation. You know what? For once, I don't do this often, but college graduates, listen up. If you believe when you were walking into a negotiation that they are going to hand you money because you bought a degree in marketing or communications, you were delusional. That is not how it works. <laughs> that is not how it works at all. The company is trying to secure your labor for as little as possible. And when you are walking into negotiation, you are trying to secure a contract working for that company for as much money as possible. Understand your incentives are completely misaligned in this moment. And you need to understand that there is not a set aside. Oh, well, they have a marketing degree. Check that box. Add 10 grand to this offer. No, ask. You have to ask high. Do not walk in there suffering from the delusion that they're going to pay you because you paid a college. Point A here point b is here they are not related at all <laughs> you are describing my exact experience with my first negotiation out of college oh my god have you guys heard this story it's so freaking good but basically i've said it on this podcast before so i'm not gonna repeat it please here it, but it. but basically i went in there and i had a degree in economics and i was just like oh communications man uh, math. yeah the communications of math bro like Yes, absolutely. I'm not that funny, guys, but that's one of the funniest things I've ever said. Yeah. I don't know why I'm saying bro so much today, but you're a bro. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I thought after reading all of these different online websites and expectations, 90 grand is what I was going to get for this job. And obviously... I looked at the pay rate. The pay rate wasn't listed for this job, but I thought I was going to get, I don't know, maybe 60 or something like that. But they came in at 31,000. You left that out of the story. You left out your expectations out of the story when you told it the first time, I think. Well, no, no, no. Well, it was somewhere in the story. But anyway, it doesn't matter. It, I thought I was going to get paid like 60,000 or so. And so, yeah, 31 was what they came in at. And then I countered with 37. Not $31, folks, $31,000. $31,000 a year. <laughs> and then I countered at $37,000. And then, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, 
Yes. And so I'm sorry that gets I, me every time. <laughs> that is literally my life's story is, yeah. you know, walking into that negotiation thinking that I deserved X amount of money because all these online resources said that my degree needed to get paid this amount of money. And this is what this was worth, right? Like that's literally what I thought. And I understand how other people feel the same way. Yeah. That is a good story. Please go back and listen to it. It's even funnier when he tells it, <laughs> when he tells it in full detail. So we're going to do this little bit. We're going to do crazy comments from TikTok. And I have two that I think are pretty good today. Number one, my wife told me it's mandatory for our kids to go to college. My son dropped out of high school, broke out and makes 250K and she makes 45K with her degree. So my question for you is, how would you handle this? We've talked about this a few times on this podcast. And so this reminds me so much of a conversation that you and I had with Mike. And it was about his son. He was talking to us about how his son is 16 years old. He is a streamer, professional gamer. And this was a while ago. Oh, yeah. This was like... Before COVID. Seven years. No, not that long ago. Five, five years, six years ago, five, six years ago. Yeah. And so the dad was like, yeah, he's making like 150 grand or something like that. It was over six figures and making more than Mike was making. Yes. And he's like, yeah, he's 16 years old and he's making all this money. But he's just like, yeah, I just keep saying, man, you got to go to college. You got to do something with your life. And you and I sat there, and this was before Degree Free, right? This is like six years ago. Yeah. But we held this opinion already. Yeah. And we were just like, we, we looked at him and we were why? like, why? <laughs> why does he have to go to college? So that he can, and he's like, oh, you know, so that he can get like a business degree and he can do business and, and so, so he can be a better person and whatever. All the things that you hear parents convince their kids to spend hundred grand over five and a half years to do because they're indoctrinated into this. And so he threw the kitchen sink at us as far as like, you know, the excuses of why his son had to go to college. And I was just like, yeah, but he makes more money than you. Yeah. Don't you think that if he kept doing this, like as far as business goes, like, don't you think that he's going to learn a lot about business and about how business operates, especially in that realm. The reason why in that realm was because, you know, that's so early, right? Six, seven years ago, and we're talking about esports. that's so early and he's able to make six plus figures back then as a, basically a business. And at 16, he'd figured out how to do that. Right. Exactly. He's already learning about business. He's already learning about it. You know what I mean? Like, why does he have to go to college at all? The thing that really blew my mind was his dad was like, I just want him to like kind of put this whole thing behind him. What was interesting about that conversation though, as I do feel like at the end of that conversation, we had maybe not changed his mind. I think no one had ever asked him why and no one had ever said, I remember I asked him, I was like, aren't you proud of him? Because <laughs> I would be, I would be super proud if my 16 year old kid figured out how to do that. That's trial and error. That's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. And so I definitely think at the end of it, he at least thought about it more. I could tell by his demeanor and by what he was saying, he accepted what we were saying. I don't know if he agreed with it, he just but, heard it. but he heard it. Yeah. I hope that 
we were able to provide a little bit of guidance and maybe change his opinion. We haven't talked to him since, you know, we didn't really know him. I wonder what happened though, because Mike himself worked in tourism and this was pre-COVID in Hawaii. And I would be very interested to know what happened because I would imagine that he was out of work and I would imagine his son made even more money because of COVID and streaming and gaming in general just had a massive explosion. And as far as these conversations and how to handle it or what should you think about these types of things? The first thing that I want to say is that life isn't about money, right? And so, sure, let's just get that out of the way. It's not necessarily all about money, but I say it all the time on this podcast, money doesn't buy happiness, but it sure helps, right? And so we're just going to say, okay, 250 grand for $45,000. She's saying that he has to go to college and all of their kids have to go to college. Obviously, it is not because they want the child to be better off financially. No. That's obviously not true. I don't know what he does, but I'm not saying that whatever he does and going to college are mutually exclusive activities, but something's got to give somewhere. I'm assuming your income is going to go down a little bit if you do go to college. So it's obviously not on that access is what we care about. That's not the goal. So what is it really? And that's the question that all parents and people that are pushing young adults to go to college that have to ask themselves like, okay, especially in this scenario, like, well, my son makes more money than me. And I think if with more money, he will be more successful, have a little bit easier. Like I said, it doesn't buy happiness, but it helps. And so why am I saying, what is my bias towards college? Why do I need him to go? Why am I saying this? Is it because I want him to be quote educated? Is it because I want him to be around his peers? Is it because I want the experience? Or in my mind, is it because you think that it's the only way to have and live a good life? that you think that this is the cookie cutter role and you are projecting, you're projecting your own beliefs on your child and the beliefs that were you know, probably relevant, maybe relevant, I'm not sure, but 20 years ago when you made that decision. Right. I think something too that deserves to be addressed here is that if you want your child to go for one of two reasons that I think are ones that you really need to examine internally. One would be because you're afraid of what your family and friends will think if they do not go. That's a real problem. And I actually hear that a lot from parents that they get a lot of pressure from their friends and family like, and they get a lot of shame if they don't push their child to sign an unforgivable loan at 17 years old. And the other thing is if it's because you yourself are going to be embarrassed if they do not. That's a big one too, because your ego does not matter more than your child's future financial security. And there's a lot of parents that like, for whatever reason, that's difficult for them to swallow, but they need to figure it out. They need to sort that out within themselves. Yeah. Well, it just goes down to like external validation, right? And, and as a parent, you might have thought that that was the way to success. And you might've thought for a long time that, okay, I'm going to make enough money to provide for my child. And the way that I'm going to provide for my child is I'm going to make sure that they have food to eat, you know, they have clean water to drink, they have a roof over their head, they have clothes on their back, and then they are going to be educated and they're going to go to college, right? Like they're going to be educated is, is one thing and then going to college is another. But what a lot of people do is they mix those two things up and it's they conflate them. Exactly. And they combine those. And so you don't really care about the education. 
you just care about the college because you think that college equals education, which is erroneous. It doesn't. You can be educated and go to college. You can be educated in college, but college does not equal education. You could be very educated and have never stepped on a college campus ever in your life. You can be super educated. Yeah. You don't have to pay a college ascent to be educated. Exactly. But it's that external validation. Usually it's the last thing that you're going to really, really help your child with before they go into the baby making years and the grandchild years. It's like you are launching them in that direction. And you want to make sure that as new adults, as young adults, that they are headed off in the right direction. And it's the thing that you think makes the most sense for their life. Yeah. Remember, especially if it's their money and not your money. Careful. All right. Crazy comment number two. I have $176,000 in student loans. Can't get out of entry-level jobs and I can't even use my degree. What can I do? This is what I'm going to say for anybody who's got massive, massive student loan debt. This is my advice. My advice to you is if you have that much student debt, the best, most effective thing you can do, I want to do something that's my passion, F that, chuck it. You need to go find the most profitable skill you can find and you need to learn it as quickly as possible. And then you need to pay down that debt as aggressively as humanly possible. And you need to do that by whatever means necessary. If you need to move home, if you need to cut your expenses, if you need 18 roommates, get that off of your back because it is not, you cannot declare bankruptcy. You cannot get rid of it. It will ruin your life if you do not get ahead of it. If you're young enough that you still are are talking about your student loans and entry level job, you need to wipe whatever career, like it, whatever it is, it's probably not enough to pay that back. And so you need to just completely ditch that. Don't get stressed over the amount of time you spent on it. It's all done. That's all gone. You spent the money, you spent the time. Start from zero. You need to go, all right, what's something that can make a lot of money? And off the top of my head, recommendations are going to be sales. Like go learn how to sell stuff and then go find something that's expensive to sell and sell it. I'm talking like solar packages. I'm talking software. I'm talking go find something that's high dollar and learn how to sell that. Like sell mobile homes, sell actual homes. I don't know, but sell something, make commission and pay that off as soon as you can. Yeah. I think the key here is putting aside your pride, right? And it's putting aside your pride and really, really taking an objective view of your life situation. I know just by the nature of what we do for a living that a lot of people, when they say, I have $170,000 worth of student loan debt, like, what can I do in my field of study? Yeah, nothing probably. They want to employ the degree or the degrees, multiple degrees that they got over the years. And it makes sense. Look, you spent five years getting it. To get $170,000 worth of debt, you probably spent more years. You probably went after two degrees, maybe even three degrees, right? In order to end up there. So, and so I get it. You spent all of this time, you spent all of this money, and you really want to quote unquote, employ this degree. But really, that's just pride. And so I agree with your scenario, with your advice, just go out and make as much money as possible and pay down that debt. When you start to pay down that debt, when you start to make some money, it's going to be a massive, massive weight off of your shoulders. And who knows? I mean, we've seen people change their lives in absolutely ridiculous amount of time, right? I mean, within a year, you could look back and you can look back and be like, wow, I was broke. I'm not broke anymore. Okay. 
So I might not work in art history. It is what it is. I spent eight years studying it and I love it. It's my passion. I love it. But I might not work in it because right now I have to put my oxygen mask on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I have to do it and then go and do it. Yeah, you're right. 176K in student loans. That's probably a bachelor's and a master's or half of one or something like that. It's probably something specific, I would imagine. Uh, probably something that doesn't pay very well, which the, is why... The other thing, it depends on how old you are as well. I, I apologize mm. for interrupting you. It depends on how old you are as well, because it could be interest that got you up there as well. It could be. I'm taking context clues because they're saying they can't get out of entry-level jobs. So I'm assuming they're still in their 20s. I'm just going to assume they're still in 20s, maybe early 30s. And the one thing I do want to say is like nothing is permanent. So when I'm saying this, when I'm saying you have $176,000 of student debt, what you need to do is cut bait immediately and you need to find something high high profit. You need to find a high value skill, a high value job. And that is something that is going... And I'm, when I mean high value, I don't mean like high value, like the way people say it on you know on social media now. I mean, high value is in someone's going to pay you a lot of money to do whatever it is. And you need to go do that until you pay off those loans. And then if you have something, if that's in something like film or art history or whatever, now you can go back and you can work a job that just pays what you need to cover your bills. You don't have to make that amount of money anymore if that's not the goal for you. If your goal is to work comfortably in the field in which you bought your degrees, you can go back. But first, you have to figure out something valuable and then do it enough to make enough money to pay off your debt. And then you can go back to your field of study if you want to. This reminds me of a story from a podcast guest, Zakia Acarele. And I will link the episode where she tells her story. It's a good episode, guys. Degreefree.co forward slash podcast. And this reminds me of her life. So it's been a while since I've heard it. And so I'm going to mess it up a little bit. I definitely suggest you go back and listen to it. So Zakia, if I mess this up, I apologize. But what I think I remember of this was that she has four degrees, if I remember correctly. She has a bachelor, she has two masters, and she has a PhD. And one of those degrees, I think her master's degree was from an Ivy League school. I forget. Columbia. Uh, Columbia, sure. And that's it. It's definitely Columbia. And one of the things that I was really blown away by her story was her ability to swallow the pride. And after she did all of this, she couldn't get a job. She couldn't get a job in her field of study, you know, as a professor. And she tells the story that she and I think her son, I think it was just one son, moved in to her mom's house again, at like 30 years old or something like that. Yeah. Like moved back in with her mom. I think she was living in New York and I think that her mom lived in like Georgia or something like that. And she had to move all the way back home because that's what it took. And she was willing to do what it takes. To dig herself out. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, single mom raising a son four degrees, highly educated, mm. highly educated, She's highly, actually educated, highly though. papered, yeah. Yeah. but willing to swallow the pride. And I'm going to do whatever it takes. Yeah. It's a great episode. If you have a lot of student debt, it's one I would highly recommend going to listen to because her thought process and then her methods for how she reexamined everything to get herself out of that situation are really, really actionable. And also as an aside, um, she just has one of the most beautiful voices I think I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> she really does. Yeah, it was a great episode. And yeah, that's pretty much it. 
for this episode. And I did want to do a little bit of reminder to call back to the beginning of this episode and degree free. If it suits you, if it makes sense in your everyday life, if you don't want to use college dropout anymore, if you don't want to start talking about that, you have a couple of options out there, right? And language is really important. College breakout is one, but then you can always just hold your head up high and just be like, I'm degree free. Don't let the college system and the college marketing be so effective that it rule the way that you speak and the way that you think about yourself, even though you didn't purchase from them. Yeah. The academic industrial complex does not decide what our identities are. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's pretty much it for this week, guys. Until next time. Aloha.